Hey everybody, welcome to part two of the part two. Part two. pandemic church podcast. No, <laughs> uh, we're here with Craig still. We're going to be continuing our conversation from two weeks ago about uh, how we look at the church post-pandemic and uh, the the failures, the wins, the thought processes, the thought processes. drink um, <laughs> of what's to come. So uh, sit back, grab a drink, join us. And uh, here we go. So where does the church go right now? As we come out of the pandemic, I think um, the pandemic exposed a lot of things. Obviously, uh, it exposed um, leadership mm-hmm. in the, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to, I think, to, to sit here and be like, oh yeah, this is the problem with with the the type of leadership the church has had, I think it's more it's human beings elevate certain people to certain statuses, and when they realize that they're human beings, you know, we see it as like a fail. It's like no, they're just like everybody else. You know, it's just like oh, you know, uh, Carl Lentz has eight pack abs. Of course he's, of course, like the ladies are like it, he's probably surrounded by that kind of uh, attention. Uh, attention but temptation mm. like constantly like the attempt that eventually he fell uh p- prey that's to. why you don't get in shape yeah that's exactly <laughs> why you know that's i don't you just, do this for yeah, me yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I just to don't protect want the your marriage I'm, yeah i'm protecting my marriage that's there, right people. give me um, another beer it's yeah. for the marriage yeah my cirrhosis of the liver it's just it's not for me it's it's, it's, it's uh, <laughs> the Right, but, but and, and of course, I think in, in the past decade, even pre-pandemic, I mean, you have Mark Driscoll, you have Perry Noble, Bill Hybels, uh, James McDonald, Carl Lentz, and most recently, Brian Houston, uh, Bruxy, Co- K- Bruxy Cavey? Co- Cavey? Are these real names? Yeah, Bruxy Cavey, names. who was the <laughs> uh, pastor of the Meeting House in Toronto, which was like, I don't know if it was the largest church in Canada, but it was at, at least the fastest growing church. He just got in trouble for... Um, sexual stuff, you know, and I think we we find so that that got exposed, and then like obviously the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast was a um like a pandemic project that went viral essentially, um, and I it's and so I think it, it gave us a, a huge exposure to to deficiencies in leadership, but um, I don't even like I, I don't even like discussing leadership in church whenever someone's like here's like how to be a great leader i'm like shut up like whenever i'm like oh how how can you lead better today or tomorrow than you did yesterday i'm like shut up like nobody cares like that's not what we should be focused on <laughs> like 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 uh like jesus literally said if you want to gain the world you have to lose it all yeah right if you want to if you want to be first, you have to be last. In other words, like being the leader is, is, uh, and, and the idea of quality, good American capitalistic leadership is a silly thing in a church, in a community of, of Jesus apprentices or what we would hope to be apprentices of Jesus. I think, I think we have, um, we have definitely overplayed that leadership issue. Um, but uh, 
But again, I mean, I, I look and I go, yeah, but we, the key is not so much for me looking backwards and saying, okay, let's, we have to condemn it. We have to figure out what, what do we need to learn? And, you know, as the question you pose, where do we go from here? Um, because the reality is we have made mistakes. We will make mistakes. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue to make mistakes. But our goal should be, I think, just to, as best we can, figure out how do we follow Jesus and how do we help others to follow Jesus and live in the kingdom that Jesus said is available to us right now. Yeah. Um, and it's— uh, Yeah. And I, everything in me, because of the way I've been trained, I'm like, okay, there's got to be a formula or a process or something yeah. for that. And it's like, well, no, I think first off, it does start with relationship, relationship with with Jesus and relationship with others. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then beyond that, just the realization that he made everybody uniquely different yeah. means that we have to hold a huge degree of flexibility with regards to how we help others follow him. Yeah. Um, I know I'm not giving any specifics, but uh, it's the stuff that's got me scratching my head these days because I'm like, um, everything in me wants to make this a simple process, and I don't Mm -hmm. think it is. I think at the center of it, God very much intended for there to be dependency, dependency on him and dependency on his leading, and dependency on the power of the Holy Spirit to move in yeah. our midst. I mean, I think all those things were things that um, that are actually supposed to be at the center of how we see yeah. church and how we see following Jesus. And my humanness wants to put something else there that I feel like I can control or master. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, uh, I think going in into the future, I think the church has to recognize um, that their their place has to be kind of almost almost uh, radically centrist. In other words, in especially in the United States, not politically centrist, like whatever. I don't care what you believe politically. I, I just don't. I really don't it's care. Of this yeah. world, <laughs> yeah. But like, like it has to be the place. It has to be the meeting place. Like. Uh, what's the Mark Sayer podcast? It's a uh, is it that is Rebuilders? Rebuilders. So Mark Sayer is a Australian mm. pastor mm-hmm. and thinker. Yeah, Jesse, you know. I, no, we, oh, I listened to. Oh, it for did real. you? Oh, oh. <laughs> so he's based on Craig. Yeah, Craig shared uh, it with me. But he 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 has this podcast called Rebuilders. But they, he talks about uh, I, kind of the difference between pluralism, which is what I think we were born in, but we grew out of. Right, so. Pluralism, which was kind of a postmodern idea, I think he used the word like basically explained it. Like pluralism was, you know, I'm a Christian, my buddy's a Muslim, we disagree on stuff, but we could still sit at the bar and have a beer, or we could still go to the football game and cheer for the same team, or we could still be neighbors and cordial. That's pluralism. It's just like you believe what you believe, I believe what I believe. Let's still be friends. To what I think he calls, um, oh shoot, it's a uh, ideological maximism, maximalism, ideological. Maximalism, yeah, that's the magazine maxim. Maxim is that still a magazine, by the way? Is it? Well, I don't. Why do you know that? Yeah, he's like, he's like, I don't get it. He's like, he's like, it's uh, once a month. I, get, I, have, I have them all. It's for your articles. Right? Yeah. No. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I, I'm trying to find that new cologne. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, but ideological maximalism, which is I think what he calls or what he describes as uh, basically, we cannot have a beer unless you believe what I believe, or unless I can convince you to believe what I or, or something mm, along. That's the, what I was yeah. grown up in. Is like. You don't have a relationship unless yeah. you're trying to convert somebody. And that it's funny how like and so like the that that was a very church thing, especially evangelical church thing in the seventies, eighties, and nineties, and even to the into the two thousands. But and now it's become a cultural reality as well. Like like we see that, um, we see that in culture, uh, uh, in turn, especially in terms of identity and politics and stuff. But the I think the church has, I would say uh, the way forward is the church has to be the bridge, right? Like if we are to, uh, instead of trying to attract people to an event or an, or quote unquote, an experience, we want to become a bridge for people with great differences where they could actually come together and learn what it looks like to be discipled in the way of Jesus to, to show like, Hey, yeah. You're super lefty politics and you're super righty politics. Like, who cares? Let's come together and let's figure out what does it actually look like to live a life dedicated to the cross? And how do we pick up our crosses and go down that same path together, regardless of if you're a. Uh, and then this was not foreign to Jesus. I mean, Jesus' day, you had the zealots, right? The zealots were uh, revolutionaries and they were like, is there going to be a fight? I can't wait till there's a fight. I've been practicing against a tree in my backyard. I can't wait. I have a sword ready. <laughs> I've been sharpening it. Like zealots are ready for a revolution. Then you have the Sadducees, who their whole thing was like, let's just keep, let's just, let's just give in to the Romans. Let's, just, you know, let's just, let's let the Roman government do what the Roman government does, and we could live in peace if we just let the Roman government have all the power. You know, uh, which is like MAGA versus like super lefty people is almost like what we would see today, right? And, um. And then there's like Jesus, who who is there saying, "Hey, you're both missing the point. The kingdom of God is not found in physical governance, not found in in violent revolution. It is found in a different path, and that's to take up your cross and to move down that the 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 windy and narrow road. It's to it's to go all the way. It's to it's not found in those things. And the kingdom of God is what he says. The pilot. It's funny because uh, and uh, I'm talking about this tomorrow night, so you guys don't have to come. But the uh, I wasn't going to anyway. <laughs> yeah, Jesse's not going to be there. Uh, the uh, it's with another church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like, go to those yeah. functions. <laughs> no, but like the kingdom of God. It's funny. Like so, during when Jesus was a boy, there were two separate Jewish revolts that took place in Palestine, right? And both of them, of course, in great Roman fashion, were squashed immediately. Um, and and the, the, the punishment for revolutionaries was crucifixion. So if you were revolutionary, you were crucified. It was humiliating death. Obviously, we all know that. But it's funny that Jesus is there with Pilate, who's there to squash all and every revolution. And Pilate says, I have no fault. I find no fault. It's, they call you a king. Are you king? Like, and Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. And Pilate's like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm fine to fault with you. There's no reason why I should kill you. I don't think I, you don't deserve to die. It's funny that this government, like, like it's the path that even though Jesus, it, it's, I mean, it's Jesus' own people who drove him to the cross, but 
that the tradition was for a, a, a new a new kingdom, a new way to be squashed by the powers. Yet the powers felt found no fault with it, and who found fault with it were kind of the the his his own kin, his people, his religious countrymen, if you will, who found who were very very. Uh, upset. You had those zealots who were upset with Jesus because he didn't want an army. You had the Sadducees and the those people who were upset with Jesus because he also didn't care <laughs> about the Roman government. You had the Pharisees who were mad because he kept saying things like, uh, you know, kind of expanding upon the the commands of old and saying that you you see you you saw it written or you read it written and that you should. If you're going to get divorced, offer a certificate of divorce. But I tell you this, that even if you you shouldn't get divorced or you don't commit adultery or whatever, and even if you lost, you're committing adultery. And so he basically pissed off everybody to the point where it was just like, all right, this is the path. The, past, the path is a radical centralism that kind of embraces just pissing off everybody, where, where your people to the right and to the left of you are going to hate you. This is why Jesus tells his disciples, and this is one of the biggest problems I have, I think, with uh, a lot of churches today, is Jesus tells his disciples, don't be surprised when they hate you. Don't be surprised when the world hates you. You know, I think, well, especially with the the fall of mainline Christianity, I have a bunch of stats here, but uh, mainline Christianity is our traditional Protestant denominations in the United States. So you're talking about United Methodist, you're talking... Uh, United Church of Christ, Disciples of Christ, um, uh, Episcopalians, which is Anglican, uh, uh, ELCA, which is Evangelical Lutheran, PCUSA. Those are your mainline denominations, American Baptist, mainline denominations. Uh, those are like the more liberal today. We would call them liberal churches, those dang liberal churches. But if you go to any downtown in, in every city in the country, you're going to find a slew of abandoned, empty mainline church buildings. And I think the reason for that, if I had to pinpoint a reason for that, is because they stopped seeing, they stopped embracing people being pissed at them. They got, I, think, I feel like they, they, they grew into a way where it's like, I don't want to make anybody mad, I don't, especially the cultural powers. I don't want to make the cultural powers mad, so we're gonna, I'm going to give into like, what, I have a what they desire. Slight issue with that. Yeah. I mean, not really. I, I agree. But I think the harder part that I've seen in, in a vast amount of Christian culture is that you understand being mad at you for any reason, a yeah. biblical reason. And I think that's the harder part that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, there is that. And yeah. It's like, well, yeah, we should, we should, you know, and that's where it comes in town, like yeah. politics a lot of times. And you, yeah. there's a lot of arguments that way back and forth. But then, like, it's like you need to be looked at or I guess like persecuted for the right reasons, <laughs> yeah. um, which sounds weird, but like people get, take that verse in a weird way sometimes where it's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to piss off everybody yeah. because of how I think. And then you come yeah. at this weird process. Yeah. The point of that is not to, uh, I think what Jesus was getting at there was obviously to, Hey, if you're following me, the path that I'm, that I've laid it laid forward, then, then you're going to be persecuted. Yeah. You're the culture's going to hate you. You know, if you if you were saying, "Hey, I'm going to live the life that Jesus has taught me to live," as like a great commission is go into the world, make disciples, 
baptize and teach them to obey everything that he commanded. Everything that he commanded, there's still moralism to the way of Jesus, something that we are uncomfortable with in the United States. We don't like morality. Not that we don't, we aren't moral people, but morality makes us uncomfortable. Um, but there is a morality to Christ. But I think in terms of churches and, and uh, specifically these mainline denominations that they saw uh, almost like they, 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 they kind of go with the tide of culture rather than saying, than taking a step back. Like I used the, uh, what were we talking about? Like the, the, uh, like a train shed, right? Oh, a roundabout? A roundabout, right. Switch yeah. Thing. And so like, I think there are two, really two ways that the church has historically addressed, uh, you know, culture. It's either give in and go with it, which those churches are all dying, or it's fight back and move against it, which those churches are all dying <laughs> slowly, a little bit more slowly than the give in and go, but they are still slowly losing people. And those are the, that's the two ways that the church is, the church has been operating within culture, give in or fight back. And I think the way forward post pandemic is we have to figure out that third way rather than seeing culture as a train moving down one direction of the tracks. We have to realize that culture is like a bike, like a bike wheel, like a spoked wheel with a bunch of things coming out. And the church has to, uh, look at each individual direction and say, okay, where are the areas that we should fight back against and where are the areas that we should go forward that culture does reflect that of Jesus? Or where is the way that we need to actually just divert the path a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left so that more reflects the way of Jesus? You know, it's a, it's that old, uh, was it, centered versus uh it's the two different sets. You know what I'm talking about? Do you ever hear about that? It's like centered versus uh, uh, whatever. I can't oh. remember what it's called. It's it's yeah. Anyhow, it's math. Well, but I I think it, it's interesting. You use the the term the way of Jesus. You know yeah. that that we're 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 drawing towards uh, or pointing people towards the way of Jesus. And I think um, thinking about the culture thing like that. Uh, I think one of the challenges has been is that we in the church have had a desire to build kingdoms. Yeah. Kingdoms that reflected not just Jesus, but the greatness of the church or mm. the greatness of. Um, so we, we had this propensity to, you know, again, want to have our name on things, to. And I would call them kingdoms of influence, um, kingdoms of notoriety, yeah. kingdoms of popularity. Mm. Um, these these kingdoms that um, that are actually, when you dig deep, they're contrary yeah. to the way of Jesus. The mm -hmm. way at times, at times, I guess they probably aren't. But the 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 deal is, the way of Jesus is. Uh, has nothing to do with earthly kingdoms. Yeah, for sure. The way yeah. of Jesus is the way that we need to point everything towards. Yeah. And the way of Jesus does not lead to, I mean, I think it's kind of ironic that you talk about Pilate. It's like, uh, I don't, Yeah. candidly, I don't see a threat here. Yeah. <laughs> so he's yeah. like, I don't even know what you guys are. Yeah. There's, there's, there's nothing here. Yeah. And the way of Jesus was so foreign to how he thought. Yeah. That he couldn't even see mm -hmm. the kingdom. Yeah, 
he couldn't see the way of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I think in the, in the post-pandemic world, the church obviously has to become far more focused on disciple-making than it has been. That's That's been like the story pre-pandemic. <laughs> the yeah. church needs to be more focused on disciple-making. Uh, but I think it's more imperative now. It's it's a, I think it, it's become more uh, apparent, like urgency. Like the urgency of disciple-making has become more apparent, I think, to a lot of people. And, um, and there's a whole slew. We could probably do an episode on on what it means to be a disciple, what a disciple making actually is at some point. But the, um, but then at the same time we have to recognize, uh, like what are the things that, that are, that people are, are dealing with in this world and how does the church address them in a, in a true gospel centric way, whether it's politics or identity, sexual gender, whatever's going on in the world, how does the church address them in a loving way, but also a way that reflects the kingdom of God, you know? Um, like, should we, you know? Yeah. Can, I, can I just back up one sentence here? When you were talking about the uh, the church, um, uh, I don't remember how you said it, but about 10 years ago, I was on a flight with a guy who was a pastor of a church, and the church that they were... Uh, or the, the community they were located in was alongside, uh, it was a army base or an air base. It was some sort of a military base. Yeah. And I remember just being so intrigued uh, with the conversation we were having because he said, Craig, he says, here's our deal. He says, we know that 50% of our church will leave every 18 months. Yeah. Because they're going to ship out. We have 18 months to prepare them to step into the world without our assistance. Yeah. And I thought, man, how much <laughs> mm-hmm. how much better would we be as churches if we had that mentality? Because what happened to yeah. us with COVID is we didn't know it was coming, but we had this chunk of time where suddenly we did not yeah. people were off on their own. Mm-hmm. We we uh, yeah. yeah, we could communicate to them via the internet and stuff, but they were on their yeah. own. Um, you know, what if we had a mentality that said, there's no guarantee that we're going to have tomorrow. Mm. There's no guarantee that we're going to have next year. I think right now we think in terms of, again, this whole kingdom building, our church is going to grow in 10 years from now, it's going to be like this, you know, it's like, no, we don't know that. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. We have no idea. You know, what if we had a little bit more actually short-term mentality, a sense of urgency that said, we need to prepare people. To go out on their own. Yeah. Uh, and I think ahead. that'd be interesting even in uh, being less, I'm not going to use the right word. Let me think about this. Um, less close-minded with our, with the people that are in our church building. Like right now we focus so much on keeping everyone in and with us for, and then, so then when they do leave, it's a big deal. We're hurt. We're offended. We're questioning what we did, why they left, whatever. But what if we switch to that mentality of like, there's no guarantee how long anyone will be here and not even like a leaving this world kind of a way, but like life takes them to, uh, for a move or, exactly, or they just choose to be part of another community or they do whatever. But like, why not just focus on what, like right now they are here. What can we teach them? How can we shepherd them? How can we, uh, you know, bring them closer to Jesus and their relationship well, with God? Instead of war, instead of focusing on the ones who leave or being uh, internal with like, 
keeping them in mm-hmm. instead. Like that, I that mean, would, that would be a huge mind a, shift. For I think, sure. again, that's a healthier way of looking at it. Again, if we keep saying heaven is here now, why not focus on now? Like, let's, right. let's be short term with this. And I think that's the harder part is the more we talk about that over and over again, I think that's like getting really set into my thought. <laughs> <laughs> he caught himself. <laughs> my <laughs> way of thinking. I don't know. I, it's just Into getting the set deep in deep recesses yeah, yeah, of your yeah, mind. Yeah, <laughs> but it's never it's just, using it in a wrong it's place. The point where it. it just it just drives me nuts when people still keep talking about like, well, after this life or after the where you know after ever like just focus on now. Yeah. Like you have now to make a difference. You have now to pour into what you have. Why do we need to look so forward into like saving the souls of people forever and ever and ever? Like focus on now. Like mm-hmm. this is now. If you can fix now, that'll come. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, and but how like, much more powerful is the long term if we focus on what we have right now? Like you have to think about what's coming. Of course, we have to yeah. be somewhat forward thinking. But if we could just focus on the people in our community in this moment, and then like we can be having conversations about what comes next, but not in a way that ignores those people or in a way that only focuses on retaining those people. Yeah. But in a way that is, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, church is a business, like forward yeah. thinking, like people have to get paid. People rely on income. People rely on like a building has to be paid for. There are certain things that do have to be talked about well, this, as much as we don't like it. This is what we said in leadership for years though. Now yeah. is that like, we're doing things right. If we're sending people away. Yeah. That's what we should. It's be okay doing. if people yeah. walk away. We have to be, and I think, yeah, the, I think that, uh, that we have to become focused on equipping. Mm-hmm. The church has to be an equipping body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- it has to be a place where, where we, yeah, like you said, we where we are ascending body. We are ascending church. You know, but no one wants to, you're giving up someone's tithe if you do yeah. that. You're giving up mm-hmm. a potential, prop, most likely a leader. Right, like if they're fight of a business, yeah, like it's the business mentality versus the kingdom mentality. Yeah, because we are a business. You have to be a business to function, but at the same time, you have to fight that. Yeah, unfortunately, when you have payroll, you're a business. Sorry about it. Yeah, Yeah. I mean this. This is true, but again, I want to be careful about how much our culture has shaped our thinking on that and our view Mm. of that. And can you actually take a dive into Scripture and back up that pendulum position? Again, there's a, uh, it's mm-hmm. always a tension to be managed. It's, yeah. it's not an either-or. But is it in the right spot? Um, so, yeah, I mean— I think it comes down to the focus. Like, is your focus on the business of what you have to—what needs to be done and who needs to get paid and, and you know, the the— those kinds of things versus is your focus on the kingdom and the community that you're building. I think if you have, yeah. if you focus there, the other stuff will take care of itself. But what we do instead is we focus on uh, putting one guy on a pedestal. Um, pedestal? Who, pedestal? What did I say? It is weird? a pedestal, right? Is it? Pedestal? Now I have to look up the word. That seems weird. Pedi- what do you think is I'm supposed pedestal? to say? Oh, it's I mean, A-O. I did it's say it weird. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Anyway, but we put one person. I was like, hold on. We put, <laughs> the thought process is that we put one person on a, <laughs> yeah. at a stool. Anyway, 
Um, but we put this one it's person a stool with pedals yeah. in a place of power that ultimately they will let us down because they're not God, right? Like they're right. human. Yeah. And then we're disappointed when someone has an affair or has a game, like very earthly problems. Yeah. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. they're still a human. Like they may still mess up. And what we need instead, we need to be focused over here on, on keep growing the yeah. kingdom and we're not like when we focus on one person essentially replacing Jesus in that yeah. respect, right? Like that's really what they're doing. It does, they're, yeah, for sure. And so how do we how do we swing like that tension that Craig was talking about? Like it is business in some regard, I, but it is also not what the <laughs> what I think the, the point hard part is. is. There's no true answer to there's that. There's not there's no set way because you do have to flow with that pendulum pendulum. <laughs> You have to, to be in like, constant check of where you're. If you're saying, you're you know, we we don't want to pour into this person or this and that, or that like their mess ups now we can't have them around. Like, but there's also for, forgiveness and understanding. But you don't also want to put somebody poisonous back into a bad spot. There's like it's just like it's a flow. You have to understand like all of that is is perspective and and situational. And therein lies the need for. Uh, followership of Jesus yeah. and the need of the presence of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. to help give us discernment in those moments. Mm -hmm. yeah. At what point on the pendulum are we at and is it the right spot? Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, I think there again, we try to, at least I do, um, have this propensity to go, okay, I'll, I'll figure this, I'll figure this out and figure out what's the right answer. Yeah. Well, Here's actually, the, the formula. Yeah. yeah, and what is the right answer is what is God prompting us to do right now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm not always sure that I'm even listening. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I think yeah. Uh, or you can still go. On. No, no. I think like uh, I was talking to my brother about this the other day about like the def like like if we boiled sin down to anything, sin is control, right? Because uh, we were talking about the church, I say at some point the church has to has to um, uh, come head to head with its own sins, and it's the sin of control. The reason why we are not equipping people and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead those people is because we lose control. Mm -hmm. We lose control of them. We lose control of the brand. We lose control of what is going to happen. We're scared that they're going to fail. So if we feel like, well, if they're going to go out and fail, well, let's just keep control of it, and then we'll make sure it doesn't fail. And if it does fail, we'll blame it on them anyway. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. right. So, so I think sin is if that, and that's Adam and Eve. You know, what did what was the what was the tree? Tree of knowledge of good and evil. The 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 con of Satan was that you get to control your own life at this point. The or not Satan, the the serpent was you get to control your own life. You get to you get to be the god of your own world. You're just like God. In other words, you will have full control of your own of your own destiny. And that's also like a American thing. You control your own destiny, you know, be the gods of your own destiny, live for your for yourself. But I think the church the greatest sin of the church is control. We want control over the mass. We want control over the people. I uh, uh, I used to say this in church all the time. I was like, Jesus, when the crowd showed up, Jesus said the craziest stuff, right? Mm -hmm. When, when he was talking with his disciples, he said, he said like the things that we love is the stuff that when he's talking to just his disciples, but the second the crowd showed up, that's when he got into take up your cross stuff. That's when he starts telling people to hate their father and mother. That's when, you know, that's yeah. like, 
that's when Jesus starts saying stuff that's crazy. And I think uh, the point there was, hey, you, in order to follow Jesus means that we have to give up our own autonomy, which is not American. That's not an American ideal, giving up our own autonomy. We have to be willing to sacrifice all things, sacrifice status, sacrifice uh, the fiscal or fiscal or financial whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Sacrifice uh, commerce, marketplace. You know, you read Revelation. Half of Revelation is about people, people not being able to buy in the market. That's like half of, (laughs) that's like half of what Revelation's about. Like they're not going to let you buy and sell in the market. You're not going to be able to live. You're not going to be able to make money. Um, so we have to be willing to sacrifice those things. And if, um, and when we do that and we become fully submitted to the spirit of God, and if the church truly, 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 truly believes in, in the Holy Spirit's leadership and direction, then we should say we should, we should treat the church in open hands, right? We should say, okay, you need to go, you need to go, you need to go plant a, go, go, I don't know, plant a church, start a community, right? Mm-hmm. Go do a thing, go into the world and make more disciples. That was Jesus' last command. It wasn't like, no, it, you guys, yeah, I'm going to stick around for a little while because I'm not sure if you're going to do it right. <laughs> it was go into the world, make disciples, teach them, baptize them, and just do it. My, the Holy Spirit's coming. The Holy Spirit will lead you, and then, and then, like, uh, I love the story of Apollos because Apollos is like out there preaching and stuff, and he eventually he's in Ephesus, and uh, he gets uh, like people are listening to him. He's like, oh, he's a really good preacher, but he has no idea what he's talking about. And so Priscilla and Aquila pull him aside. We're like, you need to come to our house. We need to actually teach you what the gospel and teach you a little bit more, and then send you out. And they did. There, there was an equipping nature that happened with Apollos is how he ended up in Corinth, but. Um, and then caused a whole slew of headaches for Paul. But the, <laughs> the, but you know, you you, we have to we have to you know Paul Paul didn't stick around more than a couple of years at at certain churches and kept moving. You know? and it, well, and I think there's always again a fear factor in that where people get worried like oh I'm gonna mess up or I don't know what I'm doing and and take it from us we were like 20 when we started a church yeah. didn't know what the hell we're doing 25 <laughs> we're older than you think and uh. You know, and yeah, we've made mistakes along the way, but you do it. You have to do it. I feel like those are the things where like if you if you have the moderate, um, that's not even a word, equipped ability. (laughs) You've been equipped to uh, be able to do these things. Yeah, you probably aren't ready. You probably don't feel ready. You don't think you can do it. But yeah, sometimes you just got to have to go do it. Um, and that's what we ended up doing with the church. And you still look back and say like, oh, I messed up here, I messed up here. But that's growth. That's yeah. learning. Right. right. And over the years, again, I don't I don't have the same spiritual path or mentality that I did when we started the church. Yeah. Um, but that's part of growth. Yeah. And you should be growing. Yeah. That's like, and if you get to a point where you can't learn and grow, you might as well die. Like, and that sounds harsh, but for real, like if you yeah. can't get to a point where you understand you have something to learn, that's always going to be the case. So go and and start something. Yeah. I think that's the other thing to be said because most people don't. Like, I have a job. I have this and that. Yeah, you do. It is this weird thing that um, 
somehow or another, I think we think that once we choose to follow Jesus, now we should be able to live at some given level. Yeah. There's a there's a level yeah. of maturity that must come with that decision. Immediately. And, uh, immediately. Yeah. And, and like, it makes a lot of weird people. It makes a lot of weird people. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, we would have no expectations of that of our kids. Yeah. Mm. None. Yeah. Yet, so, but somehow or another, we perceive that God has that perception of us. It's like, mm. oh, he, he, know, <laughs> he knows what he saved. Yeah. Uh, he knows what he died for. Um, so uh, the other thing you brought up again, and I think sometime we need to actually just have a whole long conversation around fear. Yeah. yeah. Because I think fear is so much more prevalent in our society mm-hmm. than we want to. It, it, it's almost the water we swim in, so we just don't even recognize it anymore. Yeah. And I think COVID definitely— oh, yeah exposed a whole bunch of that mm-hmm. um absolutely and i think how much how many things we do say uh how we react are rooted in fear that we don't think are yep. like um staying at the same job that you hate for 25 years because you're fearful of what would happen yeah. if you left or yeah. Uh, and we justify by saying, well, I'm no, that's a wise decision yeah. because there's I a get retirement a good, plan. That's right. And I get a good, you know, yeah. so it, oh, because no, that's not fear. That's wisdom. It's mm-hmm. like, no, it's not. No, yeah. you oh, are, wait. So yeah. you get to live comfortably for 10 years after you retire? Like, cool. I mean, like, if yeah. you can retire. It's so much more than that. I yeah. mean, it's it's mental health for sure. It's, I mean, the pandemic yeah. as a whole, politics, any of those things, like we live in, I, what people misunderstand, I think, is what fear really is like there's so many things that are rooted in fear that people put other titles on. Yeah, we just dress it up. Yeah, well, yeah look, I mean, make I'm it look anxious. cute. That's yeah. right. That's I like, uh, I'm hesitant. Yeah, I'm yeah. what you know, like whatever yeah. emotion you want to call it. I think also like being uh, smart, cautious. Yeah, right. Just yeah. being smart, cautious. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like for me, the pandemic, I went from being like a fairly moderate, purposeful. I call my, I always called myself a purposeful political moderate. In other words, he I loves really wordy names for things. So, like, I don't care. This is basically what it was. But the pandemic that doesn't sound good. So, it's yeah. purposely pow- what? Uh, purposefully politically moderate. Mm-hmm. PPM. Uh, PPM. You're pan political. Uh, but the 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 pandemic happened, and I became an anarchist. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you been an anarchist since you were in the military? Uh, that was probably the start of it. Yeah, I was like, oh, look at all the money that the government's wasting on idiots like me. Like, <laughs> I get paid 50 grand a year to not do anything. So oh, man. that's 50. And grand. now you run a church for less and do way more. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. And thus, we experience the kingdom. <laughs> yeah. A sacrifice. A sacrifice, right? A sacrifice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went from free healthcare to no healthcare. <laughs> still it's, free. It's still free. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is still free. <laughs> quality has changed, maybe. Yeah, quality has changed. I can't just go. Like I have a doctor's appointment. Heather made two months ago. It's not till July. <laughs> Absurd. <laughs> true. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have one question. I think we've talked a lot about. Well, we talked about a lot, <laughs> but what? What do we do? Like as people who let's just eliminate leadership, like like all of us are in leadership to some regard in the church or, but if we, if you're a person who is just, not just, 
you're a member of a community or you're a member of a church that um, you would like to see kind of move away from what we've, what church has been, mm-hmm. what can we do? Like, how can we practically grow the kingdom here and not focus on what comes next, not focus on uh, the business? Like, how do we kind of shift that pendulum, like we've been talking about, closer to the middle? Like, how do mm-hmm. we... Yeah. And that's very idealistic, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah. I think before we like end this, we should talk about what we can do on a more personal level. Like most people yeah. who listen to this probably aren't in church leadership, I would yeah. guess. Or if they are, great. This will still be really practical for them. But if you're like if you aren't, how do and you're just part of a community, which is just as important. I'm not Ooh, elevating I leadership. Think, that sounded like I was elevating leadership, but I'm not. I think not, we could but, hit both thoughts though. I mean, that's fine. I just want to, I would like to not resolve because I don't think there's resolution here, but how do we become more wise in our consumption of church and our participation in the kingdom while we're, while we're here and now? Yeah. I still think there's, there's a massive call to build a relationship. If you're an, an attendee at a church, pour into your community and relationships there I think that that's a huge thing that I I think is missing in a lot of churches. I mean, quite honestly, I, ours ours was missing that for years. I think, and, and I think we've gotten better at it. And I think that's something that can always grow yeah. is your relationships and community. But also, again, the thought of saying maybe I'm not here forever. You know, maybe I won't be here forever. But while I'm here, I'm going to make as much of an impact and learn as much as I can at that same time because i think the other thing is anyone coming from another church or other or other other uh learning anywhere else you come in thinking like you have answers you have things be willing to grow yeah be willing to hear other people that don't necessarily agree with you i think that's one huge thing that i've been learning like well, our church is very diverse in thought process i would say yeah and i think in sometimes what? I, it was diverse in what <laughs> Drink. Um, uh, it's never wrong when he uses yeah. it. It's just it's not, he uses I just it, use it so a lot. Much. It just makes sense when I say it. Um, but uh, it's. I think we're we're just diverse, you know. And I <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but be willing to hear that because I feel I feel like most people come at it with a angle in a in a plan to say, well, here's why you're wrong, though. Yeah. Or. And sometimes that's needed. Sometimes that's okay to like speak up about something you you notice is truly wrong with the community. But I don't feel I feel like at a certain age or a certain point we all feel like we know enough or we've heard enough. Yeah. And you don't need to really like other than just like reminders like oh I should do this better I guess. Is is the fact that you should the the opposite side of way of thinking always has something to teach you even if you don't agree with it. And mm-hmm. I think. That's huge in a church, like let alone life. You know, uh, that's that's one thing I would say. I don't know. I just got your text. Yeah, you didn't do it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think I agree with you. And um, the other part I would would add to that probably is, um, it's about sharing life, not ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about literally getting to know one another at a level that um where you really feel known yeah. um uh where you're 
you feel known uh, on several fronts. I mean, you feel known emotionally, you feel known relationally, you feel you feel known spiritually. Um, I think one of the things that we don't do a good job of is having enough intentional conversations, not about theology, but about like literally uh, what you, what's Jesus pushing on me on these days? Mm-hmm. Like what's he convicting me on or what is he encouraging me on or um, what am I discovering about him? I think we've lost we've lost the uh, the joy of discovery mm-hmm. um, because we've we've drawn up battle lines and again based on fear we try to def- defend positions rather than the joy of discovering um, the God is bigger than we will ever ever be able to wrap our minds around. He is more complex. He is more um, creative. Um, so so we have this opportunity to together explore who God is and explore how he's made one another. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I, I think therein lies kind of the mystery. There have been times in my life where, um, you know, I, how would I say, I've been, my heart's been very cold towards mm-hmm. God. Yeah. And, I, and it, I've been so thankful for people because I felt like I have been in in rooms with people, I'm like, oh my goodness, that person is Jesus to me right now. You could just tell Jesus was using them to, to you know, He was speaking right to my heart through the words that they had. Yeah, and so that you don't have to, you don't have to wait for a church or wait for a program to step into that. Mm-hmm. That's a matter of literally just committing to relationship, as you said, and being intentional with it and stepping into it. Because relationships, candidly, without intentionality, they can get they can they can plateau and just stay at a a given place yeah. where they no longer um, can they no longer feed your soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, so you have to push that a little bit, mm-hmm. and you have to go to uncomfortable places, but. Again, man, you don't have to wait for <laughs> if our church would just have small groups. No, you don't have to wait. Yeah. Great. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just take a step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just do one. You know, that's one thing I think. We try to have that mentality at our at our church at least. It's like um if you want something, then just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't ask me to start something. You know, cuz people will be like, "Oh, we need a youth group, we need this." I'm like, "Okay. Have fun." <laughs> You know, enjoy that Figure nonsense. <laughs> like, you know, well, like that's enjoy, I was... enjoy having your house full of smelly teenagers. By all means, some people go do. Ahead. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> some people absolutely do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that's awesome. But I think yeah. that's what we, our culture, American culture especially, expects instant gratification. They expect yeah. being served. Yeah. They expect people to meet their needs yeah. um, and it's to have the resources right? to do yeah. so as their needs come up, yeah. right? And I think what all we can do as like the body of Christ right now is to, I mean, we th- we say this a lot, but like to be a good person, to be intentional with your relationships, to be part of a community, to be aware of people around you that maybe don't know God yet yeah. and like how you can share what that's meant for you and not rely so heavily on the church corporately. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like 
if we look at church corporately, like it is somewhat set up to let us down, right? Like the way yeah. we've <laughs> we've now made it mm-hmm. is somewhat set yeah. up to be hurt by leadership, to be disappointed by the people um, in charge, to be offended by politics within that church, to be any number of things. And so if we mm-hmm. can focus on what what we can do to um, make it better <laughs> instead of what it what it can do to serve us. I mean, that's pretty much, to me, like, that's the only way. Like, that's what the pandemic, I think, also taught me. It was, like, the church, we're noticing, like, how much the church was just serving yeah. all of the people within it instead yeah. of saying, like, how how can we help? Because none of, if you were just attending church, you couldn't help during yeah. the pandemic. No, yeah. They needed to just, cont- and that just kind of opened up that glaring wound of sorts of saying, like, how many people were just being, uh, yeah, Yeah. just consuming what the church had for them instead of coming alongside with that, what the corporate church is doing and growing the kingdom of God. Yeah, because that's what church is. It's a, it's a, it's a body of participation. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Like to your question, like what can we do is I'd say the first thing bluntly is stop consuming. Mm. Like easy, like stop looking for a church that, that, that you feel feeds your soul. Like, like, like stop doing that. Like participate, find a community, even if the preaching is not up to your speed or the music is not up to your speed, whatever you, who cares? Find a community that, that, and just participate in it. Figure out a way to participate. It's, um, you don't have to agree with the teaching. You don't have to agree with, uh, the, the, lyrics i guess i don't know or, or what they do or where they meet or where they spend their money or whatever it is but figure out a way to participate become because i think it, that that like you said yeah you go back to the pandemic imagine if our leading up into the pandemic our 50 people were all participants and said okay how can we still be the church mm. rather than oh are you guys are, are you guys still going to do sundays like that was the are you guys yeah still gonna, you what know? are you going to do for sunday mornings yeah yeah, yeah. Imagine if we had just had 50 people saying, okay, let's figure out un- how, how do we continue being the church, you know? So yeah. Participate. Stop consuming. Easy. Yeah. I mean, stop consuming. That, that, Two hours to figure that out. Again, though, but and that's, again, what I was saying, too, about, uh, I said it vaguely about, like, just go and start a church, but, like, that applies to your community, too. You yeah. go and be sent in your community. That's okay. Yeah, you don't have to go start yeah. a church, but, yeah. you know. Like go and be sent and 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 follow what you're being called to do, whether it's start a, a leadership with kids or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, whatever yeah. it is. But like follow. Oh, huh. That was that's the first crack tick. in like that's I haven't cracked in a while. That's his other tick. So it's worldview or whatever. Crack, go ahead. And and cracking <laughs> voice. Skip the process. crack. Go ahead. <laughs> well, no, I I mean, I, I don't think if you if you go back to the early church. I don't think the early church was formed to constrain people. It was formed to release people. It was formed to be able to um, to be able to kind of pool resources to allow them as individuals and as a community to, I should say, them as a community to do things that they as individuals just didn't, you couldn't do by yourself. Mm. Yeah. And I think there is a part of us today that has seen the church as the as a limiting factor. Well, our church doesn't do that. Mm. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean you can't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, our church they don't well, have one of those ministries. 
uh, you know, that's okay. You what, can. What happens? So my pushback because I have we have actually been in a church where, without the okay from leadership, you're not encouraged to do stuff. What do you do then? Um, because I think that's a hard line where mm-hmm. people feel trapped sometimes. Um, this is like fifty other podcasts we can get into, I, but like I think that's the other hard part is like I. Yeah. I so refer- next time Craig comes, it'll be uh, the problem of leadership. <laughs> we'll we'll have like seventy five podcasts out of one conversations um, no. with Craig. It's yeah, a new series, but yeah, yeah. Craig. Uh, I like that. <laughs> um, but I think that's the other pushback to say like I a hundred percent agree with it. Whether or not your church, you know, says to do something or not, do it. I think if it's if you're being called to do it. Unless something's just ridiculous, um, but when you're in those problematic situations too, almost poisonous church mentality, you feel the call to do, but you're told not to. What do you do then? Well, I think there's a difference between going and doing and going and doing and hanging the church banner on it. Yeah. So you know, if if a church. I don't think a church, you know, and maybe there are churches that are so controlling. Um, and if they're if they are, then I think there's a bigger issue. Um, but I don't think most churches are so controlling that they wouldn't say, oh, you know, you can't go volunteer over at that area over yeah. there. Mm-hmm. They may say, don't go over there and and, and say, represent, you know, say that. Oh, now, you know, so and so church, we're volunteering over there. No, no, I'm just volunteering over Correct. there. Yes. And so discerning the difference I just happen of that. to be wearing my love can <laughs> such and such church or whatever, you know? <laughs> no, you know, yeah. I mean, I know yeah, that's a very we, good point because yeah. you can, you can take the initiative and do something Absolutely. outside of your church community, but still uh, beneficial to the community you're in. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's some people forget that aspect or don't feel like they can do that. Sometimes. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a very good yeah, like when I was in, it's a, a, just an example of that. When I was in Alabama, I was in charge of small groups. It was one of my duties, and uh, we had a uh, duty, uh, but we oh, had sorry. a. He's such a child. <laughs> I, I, Did you listen to the our most recent uh, episode about penal I, I substitution? I literally. Craig's just nodding. I literally giggled waiting for you to do something. <laughs> like, 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 well, yes, that happened no, yesterday. You can't use that word. That happened duty. yesterday. Yeah. He's 32 yeah, people. Yeah. That happened. Yeah, it's just funny. Yesterday, I knew I was not going to, and then I glanced at Jesse, and Jesse glanced at me, because the first uh, thing about the atonement for last night's theology pub, I was like, penal substitutionary atonement. <laughs> <laughs> no need for it. Yeah. I didn't think you were going to laugh, because you went right into like penalized and pet, yeah. you know, you all did other you things. Did, you stopped giggling after the first I know, one, yeah. so good job. You did much better than on the um, podcast. Mm-hmm. But the uh, mm-hmm. anyhow, yeah. So uh, when it was, so and we had this 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 lady who wanted to do um, who wanted to have a ladies small group or ladies, I think we call them connect groups or something like that. But and at our church, no, 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 no in uh, Alabama. Okay, okay, and what she wanted it was, and we did what they called open market. So they were like open market style of small group. So it's like semester base like you have a big cake baking group or a bike riding group and this group wanted they wanted to go into like there were two strip clubs between enterprise and dothan alabama <laughs> and they wanted to like go like get the ladies to go and just like offer like support to the strip clubs and, and i was like, like go t- not go and be like woo, yeah <laughs> take it off girl no no okay, go into like the back room and like 
Like actually go in and help. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to try to talk to them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was like, that sounds like a really good idea. And it got shot down like immediately. Like I was like, yeah, go ahead and do it. And then it, it came up on like a, the list of groups on planning center yeah. that I'd put on and our pastor. So I was like, nope, can't do that. I was like, why? This sounds like a really good idea. I was like, they're going to reach the people that need to be reached the most. Right. It's like, oh, I just don't want to be associated. We don't want to be the strip you're, club. You don't want to go naked. I was like, people. okay, we'll just keep being the hoot and the blowfish church, I guess. I don't know. As well. <laughs> but, but I mean, those are the more extreme examples, but that's true though. It's yeah. like, you don't want to put a label on it. And I think that's on the, on the leadership side. I, if any leaders are listening, I would still push back and say like, let your community pour into the things they feel yeah. like they should, unless it's just again, way off base. And then you're yeah. like, okay, we need to correct this. But if it's like, I don't think that's way off base. That's that, like, not, yeah. In like, the if right it's like, hey, we're going to go and, like, hand out, hero- like, safe heroin to people, like, nah, no, you're not. You're not going to go do that. <laughs> yeah. <That's- laughs> this is certified safe heroin. Yeah, this is this is Oxycontin <laughs> that we're just giving to all these heroin. No, you're not doing we're, that. Let's talk about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's sit down. Yeah, let's see. There, There is, I mean, there is some reason that needs to go in, into it. Yeah. And, and this is where, as a leader, I mean, there are some times where someone wants to step into something, and you know that um, they probably haven't seen enough about that topic yet or have learned enough about that topic. And then you want to go to them and say, okay, I understand your heart is there. Now, here's what I would suggest. If you're serious about doing this, here are some steps that I think you need to take Build to better understand what it is that you're stepping into mm-hmm. and um, there are ways there are organizations get involved with this organization yeah. over here you know yeah. point people in a positive direction um, into a place where they can interact like you and I have talked yeah. about that find the organizations where it forces you to be with the people yep not just in the background the um, uh, it's funny I uh, I was Sunday obviously is Easter. And so I, I was doing a little bit of reading on the atonement and uh, I was reading N.T. Wright, who's awesome. If you never read anything by N.T. Wright, you should read N.T. Wright. Um, but his talk is in his book, Simply Christian. And uh, he talks about the atonement in, in terms that you always hear about, but it, for some reason, the way he worded actually that's clicked and it's, uh, you know, there's forgiveness. Like we always think of atonement as forgiveness of sins. Uh, but he said it's, it's forgiveness and healing, right? So like we, we, we like, like the, the basis of our faith is forgiveness and healing. And he used this analogy of basically say you have two, there are two families with a drunk parent, like an alcoholic parent, the one family, alcoholic and abusive parent, you know, the one family forgives, 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 but the parent keeps coming back, getting drunk and being abusive, but they keep forgiving and nothing ever changes. The other family forgives, but then sends them to a treatment center to get help. It's like, that's the atonement. The atonement is forgiveness. Yes, we forgive you, but we offer you a path to healing. And I think if anything that the church does, if it's, if it's represented, if it's representing forgiveness and healing, then yeah, I think there should be an okay go for that. You know, like, it's yeah, because you know. that's what it's about. I think that's a, a, atonement. We don't we don't really live atoning lives. Like we don't live a life of atonement. We live 
a life of ministry. We live a life of, of, well, I mean, disciple making, obviously, but we don't ever wrap the atonement up in our decision making. Mm-hmm. You know, how does this offer forgiveness and healing for all people? Does this do it? If it, if it's yes, then okay, do it. If not, then why are we wasting our time doing it? Yeah, that's good. That is good. Do we do it? Are we done? I think that's good. I think again, like coming back to it too, though, like the the uh, side of leadership. I think the initial need is to control brand. I think yeah. that's another thing that I've being in leadership so long. I think that's the the go to fear is being able to control your your brand. Yeah, and if you're a leader in these situations with people, I think like you said, like is that falling in those categories? Yeah. If it is, let it happen, or like mm-hmm. with guidance, or yeah. or with the people that can guide that. You, it doesn't always have to be you as a leader, but like people that can guide it, set up the situation. But I think that's one thing. Again, I we've been in a couple uh, situations where that's not that's not uh, allowed or at least celebrated, you know. And I think that's a hard part when you come into those situations again, where you're like, well, I really feel called to do this. You know, yeah. even it is, it sounds crazy. I feel like I shouldn't be going to the strip yeah. club and doing this or that whatever. But like, <clears throat> it's different if you're a guy going to the strip club to try to talk to ladies. Let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, this was a know, ladies. Like, yeah, small no, I, I know. I know. This wasn't guys. I'm like, saying, like, go let's let's be group. like, let's be like, <laughs> let's think it through. They got bills um, to pay people. Yeah. They got, we got to supporting. <laughs> I, again, like with with uh, with uh, discernment, again uh, with with the right situation going on, encourage the people that you have um, that you're leading to pursue those things in the right heart. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a big thing that a lot of times can get weird, especially when you're talking about church as a business versus church as a kingdom building thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I speak just in that way because that's how I've been offended and annoyed <laughs> mm-hmm. over the years sometimes. Uh, but it's, it's just saying like, as a leader, let that stuff happen sometimes. Even if it feels a little uncomfortable, maybe don't put your brand on it, you know, or your church name on it, whatever it is, but encourage it. I think that's a good thing. I think the opposite side of that too, though, is that individually we all need to take some ownership. Like we need to take ownership for our our faith, our relationship with God, our impact on our community like we need to it's so easy to just let the church be responsible for that for us and instead like we need to take personal ownership over what like reading scripture our prayer life who we're shepherding like all of those things like if we could all take 10 percent more ownership i think the impact of that would be much greater than what like church leadership could do yeah. In the immediate future, yeah. <laughs> right? Like in the I, next six months, like how much more could we all do if we all gave 10%? Like that's a very, you know, percentage is always a difficult number, but yeah. if we all took more ownership in our own lives, yeah, I mean, how much greater well, yeah. would that impact you be? Think, if you want to get super practical, I mean, I love what you're saying because I, I think that oftentimes we make it, it too big. Uh, growth c- comes in incremental mm-hmm. steps. So, I mean, if you wanted to say, I want something really practical, one thing a week. Yeah. Yeah. For right now, let's this this next week, what am I gonna make a conscious decision to do mm-hmm. that I probably wouldn't have done before, but I'm just gonna do it. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. own that. I'm gonna say no, you know, it, it, it is up to me. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta make that call. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's uh, you have to think of there's 168 hours in the week. We go to church for an hour a week. Mm-hmm. That's point six percent, depending on the church of the week. <laughs> Sometimes two to three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So it's like we most people spend less, almost half of a percentage of their week doing the church thing. Uh, maybe they'll go to a small group or whatever, you know. So you add an hour or two to it, you know. And yeah. so it's like, okay, so how how can you how can you? I like that. Like how how can you? Move, go from a life of consuming, which is that 0.6% or whatever, to uh, being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a kind of our, our whole year at our church is what does it like to be the church, to live the church on every moment. So how do we, what are the things that we need to add to our lives that takes us from 0.6 to 1% and then from 1% to 5 and then from 5 to 10 to where at some point that even if we're just hanging out with the family at the house on a Thursday evening, it's still living and being church. It's mm-hmm. still, we're still uh, living within the presence of Jesus mm-hmm. in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Nice. I think that uh, about wraps up every year. And go back to church. Like, quit sitting <laughs> at home in your pajamas, you lazy sons of you know what. <laughs> Does that mean we can Come end on. our live stream? Yeah. You got to thought force about. It. I thought about doing it on Sunday just to force people, but, but you, I forgot When you to were trying it. to not, <laughs> when you could barely it. start it. <laughs> Well, yeah, I had yeah, vertigo yeah. last Sunday. So <laughs> You're like, like, let's not do it today. Like dizzy. And- um, no, I think that's good. Uh, let's end it there. We had two episodes out of one. That's great. Less work. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same amount of work. Uh, anyway. I mean, that was um, a huge conversation. It, like, is, just yeah. to- it, was, it was huge. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Craig's now uh, the fourth the, member of I, the podcast and funny, will be so- here. <laughs> Every episode. So these statistics, I didn't even realize it until I looked. It's uh, these are Ryan Birch statistics. I was about to. I was about. Ryan. A Ryan I was about to say that yeah. because he literally. Actually, no, no, he we was need talking to get him about on it. for post-pandemic. We've said that several times, but uh, th- that was the statistic he was throwing at us during that episode. Yeah. Is saying yeah. like, and we were looking at her like, "That's our church." Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, so these are Ryan Birch statistics. He was on our podcast. Let's, so let's interview him about how. How he, Ruth Bader he Ginsburg wrong. died. We were interviewing him, and, and he's a political, political scientist. scientist. Oh wow! Like guy, yeah. it was pretty, and also a pastor. And he pastor, he yeah. saw that pop through on a tweet as we were talking to him. But um, it was it was a very good conversation. He did predict Biden winning, so I'll give him that. Okay, <laughs> he did predict predict Biden. I would like to talk to him about these though. Now that we've gone through this and and have experienced some things, I would like to see some new numbers that yeah. are coming up. Mm-hmm. That things. would be good. Um, but yeah, it's it's a yeah. Big episode, but uh, I think it's worthwhile uh, episodes. Big episodes <laughs> to be continued. The um, next conversations with Craig. Conversations Leadership. with Craig. Craig, you're going to be on more than you want to be coming up here soon. <laughs> yeah, well, well considering he original. wasn't going to be on this episode until, until like four hours, hours ago. ago. Yeah. yeah, we were just like, <laughs> Craig, what you doing? <laughs> like, I missed the allergy, but I was like, well, we're going to talk more. <laughs> let's let's do this. Every time you miss church or theology pub, you can just make it you up. have to be on <laughs> we'll, that podcast. We'll allow you to make it up with the podcast. <laughs> you're one yeah. hour for the oh. week. Yeah, yeah, you're point six percent. That's your heaven so points. So painful right there. to miss. Pile. That's <laughs> theology pub. It oh, really was. Our uh, conversation for next month should be really interesting. So I'll tell you about that. Yeah. If oh, you yeah. guys are in and around Rockford, <laughs> yeah, come to theology. Pub. Join yeah. our theology Second pub. Wednesday of every month. What What are we talking about next week, Jen? Yeah, what are we, um, ne- next um, month on theology. Uh, next month, like 
basically marketing Jesus, marketing Jesus which yeah. will probably turn into a podcast beforehand maybe it, and i was like oh yes. let's do marketing jesus yeah. so it might be a, a thing we talk about soon but uh we'll talk about that with a probably a marketing expert <laughs> probably not well we, we'll do just we talk about we'll it. just get the people across the hall they're marketing guys <laughs> at a bigger church than yeah, a bigger church so um, anyway, uh, so as per usual, find us at all the normal links, uh, christianafpodcast.com. send us your um, crazy church stories so we could turn them into yes, TikToks. Yes, I absolutely <laughs> want to read your insane church stories online or on our podcast. Um, we'd, we'd love it. Uh, then that would give us a break from trying to fake plan a, an episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, regardless of that, uh, just uh, like as we say per usual... Uh, Evan, do you want to question your pastor? Your faith? Your church? Your, your questions? Your podcast? Yeah, your podcast. <laughs> um, keep asking your questions. Uh, find us everywhere. Send us emails. Do all the things. Buy us a drink on our website. Buy us a drink on the website. There's a button for it. If it's you are a easy. CEO of a Fortune 500 company, support us. Um, uh, Literally we would pennies love, on the dollar. Yeah, we no? would love. We would love for you to uh, let us sponsor you, or yes. you sponsor us, rather. We should. We'll we, say your yeah, brand. We'll, we'll give, pay you. We'll hit up your brand. We'll pay you. No, no, no. <laughs> you give us money. And How we'll, much more money can we waste on this? Podcast? And at least once every fifteen minutes, we'll say that your company's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MacBook and like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Like Julie, Apple leaders are listening to our podcast. Um, like Julie, send us an email if you have people you want us to reach out to. Thank you, to Julie, talk for to. that email. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and send stop us a, saying Rob Bell because we've been there, done that. We tried. We've, we've no, tried. we will continue to try. He will yeah. be on the podcast relentless until we're hit with a restraining order. Yeah. We will try. <laughs> It'd be uh, it's a curious. But case. keep <laughs> sending in uh, yeah. very specifically whether or not it's people, but po- uh, topics are great. Uh, we'd love to know things that we maybe haven't touched on that you are interested in hearing about, or ones uh, we have that you want us to revisit. Yeah, because we've done a, quite a few that we've kind of cut short because of just. It's Time. been going long. Yeah. So uh, we'll probably revisit a few things. So if there's any questions you have, any questions about this podcast, anything you want to readdress, well, let's let's hear about it. Um, beyond that, we've done all the closing processes. See ya. Thought processes. Thought processes. Thought processes. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you know where to find us. Just go to ChristianAFPodcast.com and you'll find And you can find us on our social media. And then, at, at, we've already said questions. all of this. <laughs> Stop it. Um, anyway, thank you guys for joining us. I'm Jesse. I'm Craig. I'm Evan. I'm Jen. I was Christian AF. AF. And Fred. So long. Friends. Someone just asked us last night what AF meant. You just made this end Sorry. awkward. It means, it means also friendly. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> it means and fuck. Bye. <laughs>